Welcome to Speeding Past 80. Uh, this is a new segment. We're having an author interview occasionally, maybe a couple of times a month or maybe more often. But uh, this morning, I have author Mark L. Redman, and I read his book, The Box M Gang Before Christmas. And this is a wonderful book about life in the Old West. And Mark, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for inviting me to be here. I'm glad to be here. I read The Box M Gang before Christmas, and I really enjoyed it because it reminded me of uh, books that I often read. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, there's been kind of a resurgence in life in the Old West. And I think you're riding the crest of a wave because I see some of the stuff on TV. It's not really for children, but I think that there is kind of a revival now. And what was life like maybe a hundred years ago? And I know from reading your website that you've been interested in Western life for a long time. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your interest in Western life? And then we'll get to the book. I grew up a long time ago when uh, TV was still black and white. Um, I grew up watching Saturday morning Westerns with guys like Roy Rogers and um, Gene Autry and Hopalong Cassidy and all those guys. And I fell in love with the idea of being a cowboy. And then as I got a little older and started reading the actual history of the Old West, I realized that nothing like what was on Hollywood really happened. I mean, the programs were fun. They still are, but they're not anywhere near accurate. Um, so I, from the time I was in upper elementary school, my dream was to become a writer and an English teacher. God has blessed me, allowed me to, to do both. But I wanted kids to know what the Old West was really like. And that's why I wrote that first R.D. Anderson series. It's fiction, but everything that's in there is historically accurate. You know, that was one of the things that impressed me about the Box M Gang. It isn't just action, though there's plenty of action in it. And it isn't just uh, the tension of what's going to happen, and we'll get to that too, but it is a realistic look at how hard ranch life was. Now, you have five children who find themselves orphaned on a ranch that seems to be kind of in the middle of nowhere, and they have some hard decisions. They have to figure out what to do with themselves. I liked it that you made the main character, Ruth a teenage girl, rather than her younger brother, Thad. You know, I would think that uh, most authors would say, well, the boy has to be in charge. Uh, why did you choose Ruth? Partially because of what you just said, because a lot of people would think, well, the boy has to be in charge. And then the Artie Anderson series, the main character, I mean, the, the narrator, not necessarily the main character, but the narrator was Artie Anderson. And... Um, after the second book came out, two of my former students, I taught high school English for almost 30 years, and mm. two of my former students had graduated, gotten married, and they had a daughter. And she was reading the the Artie Anderson series, and she read the first two books, and then I got, no, the first three books, I'm sorry, then I got an email from her, and she said, Mr. Redmond, 
I really like your R.D. Anderson books, but I wonder if you could do me a favor and give Esther, who's the girl in the, in the story, could you give her a bigger part, please, in the next book? So in um, Artie's Long Day, he gets stuck in an arroyo, and Esther saves his life. And she was just delighted with that. So when I got ready to start this series, I wanted to give, I wanted to do something that that the girls would enjoy as much too as the, as the boys do. Uh, so I decided to try something a little different and let the let the girl be the narrator. Well, I really believe it works because uh, when I first started reading it, I waited for the boy to come to the front and save things. And when he didn't do that, when she really had uh, when she really had the role of someone who held the family together, someone who made decisions, I said, "Yay!" You know. Because That's the reaction I want. I hope so, some of my other readers will do that. And yet it's still, I mean, it's not, a. I, the boys don't read it and think, oh, this is a girl's book, because right. it's, the other kids have major roles. Yes, they do. The other thing that I really liked about your book is that it shows the bedrock of faith that many families had at that time. And I think one of the reasons I feel our society has come unglued is because we've lost our bedrock, or at least the bedrock is frazzled. <laughs> One of the things that, when, when I first wrote, um, wrote, when I wrote the first Artie Anderson book, Artie Goes West, I started sending it out, and the first place I sent it, uh, a, a good friend of mine that worked at our church suggested a, a Christian college that had a publishing house connected to it. So I sent it there, and it was the first of many rejection letters because it took me 11 years to get that first book published. The comments from the editor were that, among other things, there were just too many Christian cowboys in the book. And uh, she couldn't believe that there could possibly have been that many Christians back in the Old West. And that that one, I just, I didn't know what to do with that because it's one of the things I want to show in my writing, and and you, I'm sure you know from looking at my website. For Susie, my wife, and me, our faith in God is the center of our lives. I mean, it affects everything we do. So I'm not, I can't, I don't even try to keep that out of my books. Um, I'm not being preachy, mm -hmm. but I want that faith to be there, and I want people to realize, and especially kids. Although I I do this in my books for grownups too. I want those. I want kids as they read to realize that God was the same back in the old west as He is today, and people, human nature, was the same back then as it, as it is today. There were people back then who who had the kind of faith we have, and yes, the the, the old west was a a wild, uh, rough place. But as you mentioned earlier, so is today. I mean. There's a war going on all the time between uh, the forces of evil and the forces of good. And, and I wanted kids to see that that kind of thing took place back then, too. You know, that was uh, something else that I noticed looking at your website. And you really do have a wonderful website, www.marklredman.com. And I would encourage people to look at that because you have a lot of books. And that was something else I wanted to talk to you about. The tenacity it takes to really be a writer. 
How does that play out in, in your books? You know, I think the kids have a tenacity to not get put in an orphanage, to uh, make the ranch work. Where does that kind of tenacity come from? As I was growing up, the one main thing I remember that my father taught the six of us kids was you don't quit. I mean, he refused to let us quit anything that mattered. I mean, you know, there were some things that were just silly little things that were fine. But basically, once you committed yourself, and he was the same way. I mean, he set a good example in that area uh, through his leadership. Um, once you start something, you don't quit. And the settlers that came out west and then the people that, that wound up living uh, out here, I, I live in Arizona now, those people didn't have any quit in them. Uh, or they would never they would never have made it. Now there were plenty of people who did quit, mm -hmm. but the ones who who set down roots and peopled the country out here were the ones who refused to quit. And it, it's like anything else with writing. With writing, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I didn't know it would take eleven years to get the first book published, but I knew there would be some difficulties because I had done my homework ahead of time. I'd looked at and uh, read a lot of what writers said about writing. And um, those pioneers that uh, left a lot of them from Independence, Missouri, or other places knew when they left that it was going to be hard. I mean, the, the wagons that they traveled out west in carried their belongings. Most of the people, except for the driver, most of the people walked, walked along beside the wagon. So, I mean, those were some tough people back then. I think kids can gain a lot from reading the book. And it's not just the story. The story's good. And it was interesting. And I found myself, I usually allow myself about 25 pages a day. I just read the thing. Never mind the 25 pages a day. It was good. I think uh, they can gain a lot of insight into how people made it through really hard times. And I think that's a very valuable thing for kids to hear. I want you to give like a two or three minute summary of the Box M Gang. And then I'd like to say a couple of things about your other books. Uh, the book begins with uh, that their mother has been gone for a couple of years. She had uh, passed away earlier. And in the opening chapter, our narrator uh, walks out into the their stable and finds that their father has also passed away. Back in those days, and they didn't have the relationship with their father that they did with their mother. He was a difficult man to live with, but I mean, they still loved him because he was their dad. But, but one of the first things they thought of is once the people around them found out that they didn't have any parents, they'd be put into an orphanage. The closest large town to where they are is Tucson. And there's an orphanage there, and they would wind up in that orphanage if anybody uh, discovered that they were living there by themselves. So all through the book, one of their main concerns is to make sure that nobody finds out that both their parents are gone. People realize that their mother had passed away, but uh, they don't know about the father. So they have to give and they, because they are, are people of faith, they're believers, they don't want to lie to people, but they also can't afford to let anybody know that their father's gone. So they have to be very creative in what they say. And for the oldest two characters, the older brother and sister, and the second girl in the family is 12. So 
for them, it's a little easier. But for the eight-year-old boy especially, and for uh, the 10-year-old, it's a little harder to make them understand how important it is to keep that secret. They have their hands full trying to keep, especially the eight-year-old, quiet. In the meantime, they have to keep their ranch running. Yes, and there are people that come into their lives that threaten their path, and there are people who come into their lives who are help up to them. But I think in the end, it really does depend on them to decide what they need to do to keep their family together. I would also like to mention that you do write books for adults. And I went to Amazon and I read the first few paragraphs of the Nate Landry, is it called Bounty Hunter? Bounty Hunter, Nate Landry. The first one is Bounty Hunter, Nate Landry, Major Issues. And the second one is um, Bounty Hunter, Nate Landry, Family Fury. Well, I started reading that first one on there and I will... I will order it because I have to read the rest of it. You know, he's, and is he, I have to know. I didn't read far enough to know. Does he have a faith? Is he a person of faith? Yes, he is. That comes out in the, in the book. Um, I mean, there are times when he's writing by himself when he's, when he's praying. I came across years ago, a Christian writer who wrote Westerns. Um, he was a, an evangelist wanted to go into small churches that couldn't afford to, to pay an evangelist. So he thought if he supported himself by writing, he'd be able to go into some of those small churches to preach. And my sister found uh, some of his books, and I got pretty excited. So I, I bought a bunch of them, and I read the first one, and I gave the rest of the books away because I really felt as if I were reading, um, it was almost like reading a sermon. And that's not what I wanted, definitely not what I want to write. I, I want people to, and it's just like in our in our lives, the people around us know about our faith. They know we're believers. We're not constantly preaching to them. We try to show them through our lives and the way we handle the things that God puts in our path, the obstacles and so forth. Um, we try to show them our faith instead of telling them about it. Yes, you know, there's uh, one saying, I can't remember which one now, that said, preach always and only if necessary use words. Yes, that's a that's great. That's what we try to do. I mean, we do share our faith, of course, but um, we don't constantly preach at people. Right. Quickly run through your books and let me give everyone your website. And your, do you want them to have your email? Yes, ma'am. That'd be fine. I'd love to hear from my readers. Okay, so you run through your books. I guess they're all available on Amazon and through your website, right? Right, and they're also available. Although, if you if you order from me, I can I can sign them for you. But they're also available through BarnesandNoble.com and Walmart.com, um, Kobo, other places like that too. I started <laughs> years ago with uh, when I was still teaching. With uh, the Artie Anderson series, it was Artie Goes West, which I think was published in 1990 by um, an organization in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, down by Nashville, very conservative Christian newspaper called The Sword of the Lord. Uh, Sword of the Lord publishers published that book, but they only did it if I would agree to, to write a series of at least six books. They said then they published it. So after Artie Goes West, the next book was... Artie and the Hunt for Phantom, and then Artie and the Texas Ranger, um, Artie's Long Day, Artie and the Cattle Rustlers. And then in 2000, 
1985, on Father's Day, I lost my first wife. I'm so sorry. And uh, she had been sick for about 25 years. Somebody messed up the medication or something, and that's probably why she passed away. But I didn't write anything for anything else at all for two years. Um, and then uh, I was planning on spending the rest of my life alone. And God said, I thought you were smarter than that for as old as you are. I have somebody for you. So he, I, I am now married to Susie. We've been married for 15 years. And um, after we got married, then I was able to write that final book in the series. After that, uh, while, while I was teaching, a bunch of parents came. I, I did book signings at my school. And the kids, my, my students and their friends bought the R.D. Anderson books. A group of parents approached me at, at a book sign table and said, okay. We love that our kids are reading your books and they really enjoy them. But enough of the kids' books, write something for us, please. So uh, Nate Landry was the answer to that request. Bounty Hunter Nate Landry, the, the first book, Major Issues, is the first in the series. The second one uh, is Bounty Hunter Nate Landry, Family Fury. And I'm working on the third one. I'm a little over halfway through the third one, which will probably be... Uh, bounty hunter Nate Landry, Dust Devil. He's he's chasing someone who keeps disappearing, just like a a Dust Devil. He can't. They rob banks and trains and stuff, and then they're just gone. And and so he he and his, and, uh, his sidekick, well, his best friend actually, Wolf, are after those people. I was just going to say you have a lot of interesting reading on tap. I hope people will go to your website, go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And check out some of what you've written. I've really enjoyed having you here this morning. Thank you. Best of luck with the, I guess there are going to be more Box M Gang books too, aren't there? As soon as I finish, I already have people saying, come on, hurry up with an eight Landry book so we can get another Box M Gang book. So it's as soon as I finish, probably the same day that I finish editing that Nate Landry book, I will begin the second Box M Gang book. Well, happy writing, and uh, thanks for joining me on Speeding Past 80. My guest today has been Mark Redman. His website is www.marklredman.com, and his email is mark, M-A-R-K-R-E-D-M-O-N-D-53 at gmail.com. Thanks so much, Mark. God bless you. You too. 